Hey guys, um, I'm Caitlin. I'm Max. And welcome back to We Talk 360. Um, we are a podcast that talks about fitness, mental health, and being in your 20s. Sweet. And this week we have a special guest, Kat Zimpolic from Words Message, and she is also the host of the Mental Matchup. Uh, Morgan Specialist is a nonprofit about um, or that focuses on mental health and athletes, and they've done a lot of work with collegiate athletes uh, specifically. Um, we had a really great conversation with her about their mission and their goals and what they're looking forward to accomplishing and what they have accomplished so far. It was really awesome yeah. um, and very impactful. So, Yeah, it was really cool to get to know Kat um, and just get to speak with her in like a more like informal conversation, but also we kind of interviewed her um so yeah i'm excited for everyone to hear and meet kat um i'm very thankful and i am very inspired by kat and morgan's message and everything that they're doing um, with mental health and um, teaching people vulnerability so yeah i'm i'm really excited but before we get into talking with kat um we started this last week, but we're going to start doing like little brief life updates for you guys, just so you get to know us better. Um, so yeah, Max, life update, please. Life updates. Um, I have not worn this shirt before, and <laughs> I wore it on the podcast, and I buttoned it all the way up with the chain out, and I kind of like it. Um, I think I might do this more often. I kind of so, like it too. Let's go. Come on. Um, <laughs> so that's one thing. Uh, and then this past weekend, I went to Maine. Well, I flew to Boston to see some of my homies that I went on a road trip with over the summer. And then we went up to another national park in Maine, into Acadia. And we got dunked on, big storms, but it was really cool. And we camped on a cannabis farm. And the farmer was like this deaf dude, or like hard of hearing. He wasn't completely deaf, like partially deaf. He was really funny. <laughs> And he came out on Sunday morning after it rained really hard. And he was like, dude, I thought you guys were fucked. Like, that rain was terrible. <laughs> and we were like, what up? Um, and then he was, like, talking about his farm. And he was like, yeah, it's a weed farm. And we were like, no way. <laughs> and he was yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's, like, all over the advertisement. Like, this is a cannabis farm. And we we're like, cool. Oh, you had no um, idea? We had no clue. Because we were just, like, on one <laughs> little part of the farm. And there's, like, chickens and shit. Um, yeah, so that was cool. Um, i missed my flight on the way up there because the atlanta airport sucks right now and then i had to get on a flight the next morning and i got to the airport at like 4 30 and there's still a line for security um i don't know what else is going on in life oh dude wait this is a great update (laughs) caitlin is this is both this is a dual life update is caitlin's coming to atlanta and she can come (laughs) hang out and we're gonna do a podcast um, with my boss and one of our other trainers at the gym, that's gonna be sick. And then maybe we'll catch a workout. And then we're gonna go play in my fraternity's um, pickleball fundraising tournament in Spartanburg. <laughs> so we're gonna have our own little homecoming event. Um, and I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm very excited too. I am not going to work on Friday, so that I could drive to Atlanta and hang out with Max. We are definitely doing a workout. I would definitely love to like, I think you need to put me through like a hard ass workout and I I need it. I need the challenge. Let's do it. We're doing it. You down to do like a, like a bodybuilding style workout, like what I do? Or do you something different? Okay, cool. No, yeah, I would, I need to experience that. We're gonna get, we're gonna get buff as fuck. Yeah, we are. I'll teach you how to pose and everything, too. Oh, my God. Put that. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Um, Oh, gosh. Okay, so my life update is today my car got broken into at work while I was at work. Um, Welcome to the club. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Pissed off. I'm so pissed off about it. My gym bag was the only thing that was stolen. Why? I don't know, but that was the most important thing that I think I own. <laughs> I use that shit every day. Um, so infuriating. It's so infuriating. And my shoes that I just bought are gone. Um, the gym bag is new. 
um, I had like my 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 antidepressant medication in there, like. Would <laughs> be so sad, <laughs> dude. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Man? Um, <laughs> on another note, yeah, I'm going to Atlanta on Friday. Right now, it's Tuesday, so I don't know if I don't know when we're gonna post this, but probably. While I'm in Atlanta, we'll probably post it. Yeah. Um, hype. And then what else? What else? What's another like? Oh, okay. On a little sadder note, um, and I guess this transitions into like, we should trigger warning a little mm. bit for this episode. Um, but I have not been feeling very body positive about my own body. And I've been feeling very self-conscious. Um and yeah i'm kind of trying to work through those feelings and figure out how to cope with that feeling because i like being strong and that's something i think i've said before but like it's getting to the point where my clothes are not fitting the same and i'm seeing amazing progress in the gym i am lifting so much heavier like in a span of two weeks i feel like i've like noticed this difference but I'm feeling a little uncomfortable and um, sure. I don't know. So we're, yeah, we're just, we're, we're going through it. We're, we're figuring it out. We're coping. We're, well, I, don't know. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit and I do kind of get it. Cause I've gained like a ton of weight before and like the clothes not fitting and all that shit. And then just kind of having trained a lot of women and just kind of being around that and like helping like have people change their bodies like that. I do want to say it's like, you know, it is a little bit different, like the way the world, like I'm not a woman, so I don't really get like the other kind of societal things and other things. There's so many things going on with like body image and body dysmorphia and kind of how you see yourself and how you feel. Um, So there's a lot of stuff going on there. But one thing I do just want to remind you on the podcast too, is that like, you're getting a lot stronger. And also keep in mind, you do look great and you, you look great. (laughs) Um, But then, like, you know, there's you can always change things if you want to change something. So you're always capable of making adjustments to things and working around certain stuff. But also, if you're working out a lot and working out really hard and you're going to be putting on muscle, muscle's really dense. It's a lot denser than um, fat tissue. Muscle tissue is a lot denser. So, you know, don't let if there's if you like if you're weighing yourself or whatever, like number on the scale, like let's not think about the number on the scale. And that's for a lot of people, like unless you're like a competitive bodybuilder or something like that, fuck that number on the scale. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It matters like how you feel physically. Like, are you getting good sleep? Are you feeling good? Is your life good? Like so many different things. So I just want to say to you again, more like on the public side, just for people to know, like it's all right. It's okay. And like if you want to change stuff, you can always change it. And mm-hmm. If you're feeling good in the gym, stuff's going well, then that's fucking awesome. And then if you yeah. want to make adjustments, you can. And like we're doing, we're doing great. And those those things, especially a person who's in the gym all the time, and that's just something that people deal with. If you're in the gym all the time, like it's really body focused and aesthetically focused, even if that's not always the primary goal. So those things are those feelings are completely normal, and yeah, it's gonna be all right. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Of um, course. A quick, quick little, just to touch on the adjustment before we go into, yeah. Um, I So creatine, that's something I started mm-hmm. maybe like two yeah. months ago. Cool. And I that's where I think I'm seeing the difference in the gym. Like I love the progress I'm making in the gym. But then the, the, I'm feeling really bloated and mm-hmm. I can see the water weight I'm kind of holding. And I know there's a lot of misconceptions and uh, things on creatine. And I I need to still do research of my own. But I think I'm going to start taking half the dose, what I normally do, so that I still see the benefits in the gym, like lifting-wise and the weights-wise. But then maybe it'll help with the bloating yeah. and me feeling a little less There can be so many things going on, like bloating-wise and diet-wise. So it can be a lot of things. One thing I do want to say, and it, it could be it, it could be that. we I, I don't know. Um, and so that's another thing to keep in mind is, like, do your thing that you're doing the same. And if you cut your dose in half and you start feeling better, 
then like maybe that's what it was and great and like stick keep doing that when just note i have on creatine in general because a lot of people think it's gonna make you hold a ton of water weight and things like that and as far as i understand it like it can um but it's basically gonna it, it increases power output in a short short term high intensity way intracellularly so in the actual muscle cells so you shouldn't really be holding water like underneath the skin and things like that and you're not you shouldn't be telling like a ton of water weight um so like if someone's scared of creatine don't necessarily be scared of it unless you got you know like thyroid shit going on or like high blood pressure and other things but like if you're a healthy individual like i recommend it um i do have a quick little thing i can read on creatine it's like read it read it um, but again just just for you there's so many things that be going on but again try taking half the half like half a scoop um and if that makes you end up feeling better then like rock on then i would stick with that um right. if you're taking just a scoop that should be like five grams that's the clinical dose where we see the most effective results um from that amount after it saturates in your system which is like a two-week period um and then after that like and it's saturated like you're just kind of consistently getting the same thing so it's like you can take less than that but taking more doesn't produce any more benefit um so yeah you just have like lower saturation levels um, but you're still getting a benefit like a power up of benefit so yeah okay here's the paragraph so creatine (laughs) monohydrate that is the most researched and studied form of creatine that we know of right now that just most scientific literature is focused on creatine monohydrate that just means there's an extra like water molecule, I believe, in the creatine. Um, and that's also, I think, the most like financially like affordable version as well. And the most studied. Um, it's a natural compound found in muscle cells that helps to increase physical performance during short-term high-intensity activities like weightlifting and sprinting when taken as a dietary supplement. Creatine monohydrate can help to increase muscular strength, power, and endurance. It has been extensively researched and shown to be safe and effective for individuals looking to enhance their athletic performance. Um, I got that from uh, the nutrition store, um, some, uh, some people I work with. Um, and then maybe we can like do an episode on like supplements or something like that, or we can repost some of their information on supplements because they got really good stuff, like just like uh, act like educational things. Yeah, I um, think that would be really helpful for me, yeah. but also probably our audience. Like I would, yes. we're all like-minded individuals here. I would, yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> if you guys like <laughs> us, so. I'm <laughs> but Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Supplements. That will be oh, a good yeah. topic. Other, other update thing too, is when Caitlin and I go to Sparnberg, um, we'll either stop in Greenville or go to Greenville or stay in Sparnberg, but we're going to go to the nutrition store um, and meet up with their founder and CEO, Mr. Jacob Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so also you can ask him about all that stuff. He's, uh, a genius. Well, yes, he is, but he's just very <laughs> passionate about supplements and all that good stuff. So like, he's like, like the dictionary for supplements and things like and nutrition and Ooh. things like that. So, um, but yeah, hopefully we'll not, hopefully we will, we're gonna make some content with him and that's gonna be cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm yeah. so excited. Okay. Um, it's gonna be a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it will. Okay. So to get into our episode, I do want to make a quick um, PSA trigger warning that we do talk about, there is mention of self-harm and suicidal ideations. So if you are an individual that is easily, um, how do I say this? If you're sensitive to topics like self-harm in a few different kind of ways, we talk about self-harm um and we also talk about like kind of abusing drinking things like that um mention of suicidal ideation and there is a mention of suicide as well um yeah so if you're sensitive to that topic just be aware that that's going to be mentioned in this episode Mm -hmm. um it's nothing graphic or anything kind of crazy but it's that's what it, it will be talked about so just so that you are aware Okay, well, let's meet Kat. Boom, let's go. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right, so 
we have Kat with us. And Kat, if you want to say a few words, kind of introduce yourself. Sweet. Yeah, Kat Zimpolic, um, co-founder of Morgan's Message, which is a nonprofit for student athlete mental health, played collegiate lacrosse at Duke University, North Carolina, born and raised in Northern Virginia, right outside of DC, and currently living in Boston with my incredible dog, who I love so much and is the light of my life. <laughs> I love the, the Boston area, so I'm, I'm very jealous. Um, so I guess let's get into like, I, you are a host of the Mental Matchup, um, which is Morgan's Message podcast. Uh, can you explain what Morgan's Message is and what you do with the Mental Matchup? And Totally. I'll take it in two parts. So Morgan's Message was founded in July of 2020 to honor one of my former teammates and close friends, um, Morgan Rogers, who died by suicide in July of 2019. Morgan and I were a great apart. I was a year older, but we grew up grew up nearby each other and I I had kind of always known who she was. She had this like freak athlete reputation and a bunch of my fellow like not necessarily teammates but like other schools who I knew pretty well, girls on those teams played club with her. Um and when we got to school, we both went through our own injuries and and experiences with mental health and when I lost Morgan I I I felt a wide array of emotions but I think the one that kind of really stuck was like we need to be doing more for student athletes and Morgan isn't the first and she isn't the last but maybe we can make a positive impact by helping these really really young minds realize that there is no shame in asking for help there are resources like you can get better and you're not alone. And so through that, um, a group of us got together, compromised uh, a few of Morgan's former high school teammates, um, as well as her mom and her twin sister. And we founded Morgan's message with the thought of initially just having it be a storytelling platform. We, we really felt that part of why Morgan didn't reach out and get help was that she just didn't know other people were going through similar things. And we really felt like if we could share stories and unique experiences, we'd be kind of giving hope to people who might be in like the depths of despair of their own mind of saying like, Oh, someone else went through something very similar to me. And this is what they did to get help. Like maybe I have the strength through this to raise my hand. Um, And what kind of came from that wasn't initially the podcast. It took us six-ish months after we launched Morgan's Message, launched the podcast. But initially, we ended up launching an education program, our ambassador program, with Duke being the first campus. And that was really spearheaded by Anna Callahan, who was our first ambassador, first chapter. She... She came to us and she was a teammate of Morgan's as well. I I was older, so I didn't cross paths with her, but my sister played with her. And she was like, I have this mental health club at Duke. I'd love to turn it into a Morgan's message club and have that kind of be our namesake and continue on in educating, creating a safe space. So that's where our education program kind of came from with Morgan's message. And, and really the theme is the same, like, provide a community where people feel they can come and express themselves, learn more about mental health, how to support themselves, how to support others, so on and so forth and raise awareness. Um, And then where I ended up landing was director of podcasting, which is like a fancy schmancy term for overseeing the mental matchup, which is our podcast arm of Morgan's message, kind of going back to that original thought of sharing stories, sharing unique experiences in the hope that, you know, one person kind of finds a light through one story. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. It's kind of, I mean, the, oh, sorry. I <laughs> being able to share is kind of like why, why Kayla and I started the, uh, like our podcast, just like things that we've been through. Had you like, 
had you ever been exposed to like had you been going through like mental health things before 2019 or like had, had anyone around you before that i mean like i because I mean, when i was in high school and i've been around like i've had overdoses like in my family and been around like suicides and things like that before so it's something like i'm like it's i've seen um so, like had, had you had any like like awareness about anything or like been through anything like that before yeah so I had I had a pretty rough time my sophomore year of high school um I I just like didn't feel understood struggled with some friend groups um and I would say more like situational but couldn't really describe what I was going through didn't want to like end my life by any means but felt like couldn't get out of bed. I was always like, mom, dad, I feel sick. I, I can't go in until noon. Um, I'd have to go in so that I could play and practice and then play in a game. But I would basically like try to make it so I could stay in bed as long as possible. Um, but on the outside, like still getting good grades, still playing. Um, I would say it wasn't until like hindsight's 2020 that I actually was like self-harming through piercing my ears, which sounds really bizarre, but like there would, there would be a new hole in my ear every, every week. Um, I mean, this might get, be like a little dark, but like, I like liked, like the pain felt like a release, which I realized through therapy years later was like, not, it was, it's kind of funny when I like stopped doing that. I was like, Oh, that was not what I should have been doing. Um, but didn't realize it at the time or didn't connect the dots high school though, after sophomore year was pretty good. And I had like a good therapist. Um, I, things kind of straightened out in terms of like friend groups, like all my external internal things were fine. It wasn't until I hit college, um, where I got injured that I started really dealing with my mental health to the point of like timeline wise, I had my first surgery, my sophomore spring, um, I came home for the summer, was like ready to get back at it. My junior year retore my labrum and my hip, had to get a second surgery. And that year I decided to stay at my apartment that was like off campus, but close enough to campus so that I had the resources for PT and kind of like the structure of, I, I had to do an internship for my major but it was like on campus. I was like, this internship's pretty easy. It's not like a consulting finance thing. I can heal up, focus on my body while also doing this. And that summer was one of the hardest summers of my life. Like I remember driving home and I think part of it was you're kind of in a whole new body. I was non-weight bearing for six weeks. The doctors had to redo my hip because it, the surgery didn't take. So I'm dealing with like, is this going to actually heal? Am I going to be fine? Um, all of my friends are doing these amazing things and having these wonderful experiences. And like, here I am in Durham, North Carolina. And I would be like driving home up to DC and back. And, and I'd have these like intrusive like thoughts of like suicidal ideation where I'd be like, I, it can be over now. I can just drive off this bridge. And then I'd be like, well, like my body, sorry, sorry if this is getting dark, um, like no, trigger warning for anyone listening. Like I'd literally be like, oh, my body's going to be so mangled that they can't have an open casket. I can't do that to my mom. Like thoughts yeah. like that, that were not normal. And I knew that they weren't normal, but I didn't feel like I was going to be acting on them. And therefore it was fine. Um, yeah. It wasn't until probably like a month into school, I hadn't been drinking over the summer. So like there, it, I feel like depression, at least in myself tends, my bad moments tend to come of like anxiety and depression after I drink and alcoholism. And it's like very, I feel like it's like, yeah, alcohol is a depressant and a lot of people I think yeah. experience it, but equate it to just a hangover and they're able to make that differentiation in their mind. For me, when I have anxiety, I can't tell my mind, like, after I drink, I can't tell my mind, like, oh, it's a passing thought. It's the it's, same same thing for me. It's very exacerbating, and it's, like, it builds really, really quickly. And it's I so totally, bad. Like, I totally freak. And then I'm like, I can drink some more. And then, like, it, it's, yeah. Yeah. So I, like, I'm in the, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. So. Yeah. So, so that, like, I went back to school in terms of, like, I was there, but when my friends came back and we started going out, we started drinking, like, I definitely could tell 
things were getting worse. They were not getting better. And there was a it was honestly all such a blur, but there was a defining moment where I was sitting having lunch with one of my really good friends. And I looked at her and I was like panicking. She was like, yeah. what's wrong? And I was like, I need you to drive me to the airport. And she was like, what? This was like a Monday afternoon. I was yeah. like, I need you to take me to the airport because if I go home, like we'd had practice that morning. I was like, if I go home to my apartment, I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. Yeah. And she was like, whoa, like, Mm-hmm. where is this coming from blah, blah, and I like I was like I've been struggling I thought it was fine but like I really need you to get me into your car and I know we have class in like 30 minutes but like I really need this and yeah. she is so I mean I lived with her in Boston like she's one of my best friends um in the whole entire world she literally has never missed a day of class in her life probably um such like a straight shooter she grabbed her car keys. She said, fine, but you need to go tell the coaching staff. Like you need to go tell them where you're going. Like they deserve to know, like you, you probably should have been looping them in as you were feeling these things anyway. But like, I'm not driving you there unless you go tell them. I was like, fine. I drove home. I got on the phone with my mom. I was like, I'm getting on this flight, yada, yada. She was like, so panicked. Right. Cause when you get a call from your kid who like, has been fine, was like school is starting up again. And they're like, I don't know if I'm going to, if I go home to my apartment, I'm going to be alive. She was like, what the fuck? She, I like have some really awesome guardian angels. And like my mom is an absolute beast. She called everyone she knew and she, she's in the medical field, but she like called everyone she knew to get a name of a psychiatrist. She was like, who is the best psychiatrist, you know? What is her availability like? Blah, blah, blah. Like, found someone who knew the psychiatrist really well who's able to get me in, like, which never happens for this person. This person had, like, a nine-month-long waiting list first thing the next day. Yeah. So I'm literally picked me up from the airport. She, like, tucked me into bed. I'm, like, teary. I'm thinking about this. Laid next to me and was, like, we're going to figure it out. Didn't leave my side. Drove me to the psychiatrist and... The feeling of, like, being heard from this person was, like, unbelievable. I mean, I sat down there and I was, like, I feel like I'm going fucking crazy. Like, I am, like, I'm having these thoughts and, like, everything's supposed to be amazing. Like, I'm entering my senior year at a top, like, 10 institution. I'm on a varsity lacrosse team. Like, I have such an amazing group of friends. Like... I, you know, it was like all of these things that were supposed to be like, like, let's go girls were like, not let's go girls. And she sat me down and she like pulled out her iPad. She had like a little pen and she was like, okay, so here's what's going on in your brain. Like, and showed me all of the receptors and like the dopamine and the serotonin. And she was like, this is exactly what's happening. And, like, right now, your brain is chemically imbalanced. And, like, this is why you're feeling these things. And I was sitting there and I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm not crazy. And she's like, well, like, yeah, your brain is kind of going haywire. But, like, it's not you. It's, like, the fact that, like, these chemicals are imbalanced. And that, like, totally, I mean, changed my life. Like, I think even on, like, my hard days I have now even though I'm not, and, and I'm, I'll, you know, share this, like I was put on medication, um, which was really, really worked for me, but I knew like in the long term I didn't want to be on medication longer than a year. So I like worked with my doctors to wane off of it and try to like put in other practices, like whole, more holistic practices that would help after I kind of rebalanced my brain. Um, the other thing I learned, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit is like, what she had told me was when you go under anesthesia, it's like you pretty much press the reset button on your brain. Like your body is not supposed to be unconscious at all. Other than like when you're sleeping, which it's not actually unconscious, like your brain is not supposed to shut down and then start up. It's not a computer. So she was like, when you do that to your body, it really can throw like, depending on who you are, your body completely out of equilibrium. So she was like, I'm not surprised. Like you, she was like, I, cannot tell you how many of my patients have been like surgically operated on and then are like totally out of whack. And so she said that. And then like some of the, some of the stuff with um, my birth control, but she was like, there's all these other things that are happening that are throwing it out of, out of balance. So 
long story short, medication really helped, like working on these internal factors really helped, but like that, that was really, really hard. And, and I think like where it comes into play with Morgan's message is like, I've been there, like I've been at the bottom of like, and everyone can be like, you know, well, this person has it worse. This person, like I literally thought I was going to like not be here. And I'm so thankful that I didn't make a permanent decision off of temporary feelings. And I'm so grateful for my support system, but like other people don't have that. Or other people don't feel like they had that. And so that's where like working with Morgan's message, it's not just like honoring Morgan, but it's also like trying to give anyone else the tools, the education, the like courage to raise a hand and call their mom or call that person that they think is going to pick up and help them get help. Yeah. That's just scary. Like, I mean, I've, I've been in a very similar situation and I've, I remember when my therapist was like, yo, like, you're not crazy. Like, there's a lot of weird shit going on in your brain. And it's like, it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, like, it's like, I don't know. It, it didn't, you know, it didn't fix everything. But it was like, I made me feel a lot better. I was like, okay, like, it's not me. There's like other things going on. And like, it's a terrifying situation to be in too. So. Yeah, I think, super... I think that. There you go, go Caitlin. Um, I was going to say, I feel like it's super reassuring and validating like when you don't have that experience beforehand or at least like not having that knowing that you have that support um I had a similar situation where I after I was diagnosed with PTSD and I talked to you Kat about it on your um on your podcast but after being diagnosed with PTSD and um, not feeling like I I felt alone but I wasn't alone but you don't you don't realize that when you're in that state like you feel like you're the only person um dealing with that and I was having suicidal ideations and um I started going to therapy and one of my best friends noticed the way that I was acting and um she was she changed like that path for me um just having her support was the biggest help, I think. Um, and knowing that I had someone there for me and who validated and reassured that I'm, I'm not going crazy, that this is, it doesn't feel normal, but it, it mental health is normal. And I think like, that's the whole idea behind Morgan's message and like what me and Max want to do with this podcast. So like, we also really want to just be vulnerable with people and share our experiences. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think like the more people share their experiences, the more, the less people feel alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, not to go off on a total tangent, but granted, I'm not like that much older than both of you. And like, I have so many years ahead of me to learn even more, but the older I get, the more I realize that like, even random things like our shared experiences that people just like don't feel like talking about um like women's bodies and their experiences with birth control or like I a few months ago like moved in with my boyfriend and was talking to one of my other friends and was like does your boyfriend do this it drives me crazy and I don't know what to do and she was like oh my god like here's what I did and like even though that seems so silly and it's like something that's not a big thing I think it's like this overall theme that I think people slowly can come to the realization of that like a lot of things that seem like strange or weird or taboo are very much so normal human experiences that need to be talked about and it just takes like one person opening up that conversation to like make it make it a safe vulnerable space for other people to open up you know even if it's not like a silly thing like leaving the toilet seat up but but like rather you know your mental health or like your relationship with your mom or relationship with your sister whatever it is yeah thank you for sharing too by the way like i get some of that was kind of heavy but like those make me emotional too i'm like kind of bringing me back and everything. but it's like yeah it's a good point like it's we've had just from the few episodes that we had and like the little feedback that we've had from people around us just like Caitlin and I talking about either like 
really intense stuff or just kind of like stupid shit that happened to us during the week or something. Like I, we've had people like hit us up, just be like, dude, like, thanks. Like that was cool. Like thanks for, and it's like, it's like a two way street, like having that work for both of us, like being able to see just one person being like that helped me today was sick. And then I mean, like it wants us to be like more productive on this podcast and um, yeah, I don't know. And just kind of something that we've talked about like college is a weird time. And I wasn't a collegiate athlete. I was a competitive athlete, but not in college. And I just, I don't know, like the, the stress and everything that goes with that. And like, on top of just being in school and like having to, it's full, two full-time jobs. And it's like, I can't imagine. And I, I think it's like a really, really important outlet for people to kind of be heard and know that like everyone's also going through shit too. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to lie. My, my sound just, I couldn't hear anything the past like five minutes so <laughs> solid i've nice. been trying i've been trying to figure it out while you guys were talking <laughs> um amazing yeah um so sorry about that um i'm gonna try to if max do you want to go with like another question to maybe yeah out? i'd love to thank you um cool um so one thing kill and i did kind of want to know and that would be cool for a broader audience and it was like what like so so far what do you think the biggest impact like morgan's message has made or like what's the biggest success that morgan's message has had like so far this is so cliche but i think like there's there's no like one big impact i think it's like the small the small impacts that are really like massive um yeah. and what i mean by that is like we'll have an episode that goes, I, I, and I can only really speak to my, myself. I know like my teammates have had other experiences, but we'll have an episode that goes out and we'll get a message from someone's parent. Who's like, my daughter came to me today and said she had listened to a podcast episode of someone who was in a very similar situation to how she was feeling. And she realized that she didn't want to feel the way she was feeling, but she didn't know what to do. And so she came to me and said, like, can you help me with this? And it's like in those little moments where either it's a parent or it's a kid or it's, it's whomever, it's like, okay, we helped one person. Like we helped someone yeah. else's Morgan. And I think like throughout whatever growth we have, like that will always be our center mission, like our North star guiding us is like how can we just help one person and that's that's really how I feel like we've we've been successful is that even if it's just like 50 people we help max like that that's good enough for me because that's 50 people who may not have been here otherwise yeah I uh, that was beautiful thank you um so I found Morgan's message when I was uh, recovering from a hip labrum surgery. And I was also in like not the best headspace. Um, I was really, I don't know, I was, I felt alone again. And um, I came across your page and I thought that just uh, how amazing the organization was. And um, so I decided like, I really wanted to be an ambassador. I got involved and uh, we made a club at Wofford and the friends that I got from even just organizing the club and like developing it and um, the way people responded to the organization on campus, it made, it, it changed like, I guess it, it honestly changed my life. And that's also a little like cliche, but Morgan's message really did impact me and um, that's also really why I wanted you to come on and talk about Morgan's message because it is a, it's such a powerful organization. Um, and something that I, yeah, I want people, more people to know about. I will, so. I will say, I think like the people, the people make it what it is. Like if we didn't have such incredible ambassadors or team support, or, you know, we would be nowhere close to where we are today. And I think, being able to provide a platform for like-minded people to come is really like what we've been able to do well. But I think 
the exponential growth has really been driven by like ambassadors like yourself. And we're, I mean, I'm, we're so blessed to have the community that, that we have. Yeah. Um, so I guess what, what's been the biggest challenge starting this organization and like the development and anything, honestly. Um, I think the biggest challenge for me has been just like figuring out like the ins and outs of podcasting and how do you get a guest to come on and share things that they're, that are very vulnerable with a complete stranger. Um, at first I really like, we utilized, uh, my co-host and I really just utilized like our Duke network. Like we basically reached out to kids in our grade or the grade slightly above or below. And we're like, you don't even need to talk about mental health, maybe like mental performance, maybe just like different experiences of, you know, what, whatever. But we were like, we really like need some guests. And that was, that was like an awesome starting point I thought. Um, and it kind of grew from there, but just, I think just the ins and outs of like podcasting and like what like how do you respectfully ask someone about the hardest time in their life where they feel like it's a it's a space where they're not being judged the questions are really like educational they feel heard they don't feel like they're dismissed or invalidated and and I think that's something that I really try to keep top of mind like throughout every conversation I have is I want the guest leaving feeling like they were their authentic self and that they don't have any type of like anxiety of like, did I say this wrong? Like, what did she mean when she asked that beyond like, right. Just like maybe like rerunning things in your head and be like, Oh, maybe I could have phrased that a different way. But like overall the message was right. Cause I think like as someone who does struggle with anxiety um, and especially like people pleasing type, like very cognizant of like, what was my tone? Like, did the overall message get across? Um, I think that's, that's been like one of the bigger challenges, I think. Do you think you guys have like, is there any, I was kind of, I feel like it might be like kind of like a silly question, but is there any like end goal? I mean, or is it just kind of like, you want to create some kind of continuous, like long lasting thing? I mean, I feel like the right answer is like, we should have an end goal of like a certain number, certain thing. Um, and maybe one day we'll, we'll like be formal enough where like we have that. I think for now, like really the goal is to provide support and yeah. that lo- can look like so many different things. Um, but that's not to say in, you know, three to five years, I'll be sitting saying something different. Like, I think we're just so, so hyper-focused on like helping one person that it's really allowed us to help a ton of people. That's awesome. Is, yeah. is there any like short, short-term stuff that you guys are working on now, like and developing the podcast or the, the nonprofit in general or? Um, a lot of the things we do are very deliberately like long-term mm-hmm. things. Uh, we want to make sure we're, like we, we have like volunteers and we have like different employees and their time is so valuable. We want to make sure that they're working on like projects that are, you know, sustainable and kind of carry us into like whatever the next wave of Morgan's message things are. Our at-large ambassador program was launched earlier this year. And that what that's focused on is like non-student athletes. So like post-college student athletes who want to stay involved with Morgan's message or parents who want to be involved with Morgan's message. So that's kind of like a more recent project. Um, I think for the podcast specifically, we've started launching like shorter format episodes of our blogs. So like our, um, like our, uh, author driven. So we have submissions, people write blogs, we have an editor who kind of like, runs through them a little bit with them, make sure things look like grammatically clean. And then we put them on our, our written platform. We're taking those and turning them into a podcast um, with the thought that like 
truthfully, when I go on short walks with my dog, like I love nothing more than just like a 15, 20 minute podcast to like quickly whip through. I don't need like the hour and a half that I would do on a drive to and from coaching because I know like I'm going to be in the car for that time. And so I thought like, you know, some people enjoy audiobooks and that audio format more so than sitting down reading a blog, like hand up. I love reading, but like, I'm not a big website reader. I'm like, I'll grab my Kindle and read. And so the hope there, right, is like grabbing another subset of audience where people who might normally like not reach for a 50 minute long podcast episode would reach for a 15 minute episode and find it being impactful. Um, Hopefully that answered your question. No, that's great. That's that's a great idea. Kaylin, write that down. (laughs) I got it. (laughs) No, no, that's actually really cool. So good stuff. Yeah. Um, I think one of our last questions, maybe, um, is, I guess, I I want to know what story, if you're allowed to talk about the athletes or stories, or but one maybe specifically that's really impacted you or that you um, remember that was, like, just really powerful. So I just, uh, spoiler, spoiler alert. I recorded a few days ago with um, a mother and a daughter and the daughter had, it was, is in recovery for disordered eating. And so having a mom who can share kind of like that parent experience, which isn't, we haven't really talked about it on the podcast. Um, We we've had some guests who are now parents And they kind of share how like what they went through now influences how they parent. Um, But we never really had anyone who with their kid is like saying like, yeah, this is how I felt when my kid was doing this stuff. And like, this is how I acted. And having like the child also, you know, share about her own experience um, was like one of the coolest moments especially because well I guess I can share her name Kirsten um the the mom she you know was like I she was like I was awful like she was like I got to a point where like we were screaming across the dinner table and I look back and I'm like oh my god like who was that person right because she was like I was living in such a place of fear and like Joey kind of speaks about like yeah, like I literally couldn't stop myself. Like it's, it was so interesting to hear both sides of it um, and the experiences there and like what Kirsten now knowing what she knows, like how would she maybe do it differently? Like what does she do with her other children now based on like what Joey went through? And that I think will be something that like sticks with me forever. Um, it was really, really, I, I don't know if like cool is the word because it is a, like disordered eating is a heavy topic. Um, but it was like really, really cool to be able to feel like if, if someone was listening who maybe their parent didn't get it to understand like, Oh shit, like my parents acting this way because they're in fear. And like, maybe that lessens it a little bit for them to like come and say like, I know you're scared or whatever. And vice versa, like the adult in the room being like, Oh, like, maybe my kid is feeling this way where they know they're not in control of their own body, but they can't stop. And like, they want to stop, but they can't. And the things coming out of their mouth is like, not them. It's the disease. Um, And so I think that was like a really unique, cool experience. Yeah. I actually, I worked at an eating disorder clinic over the summer. Um, And the clinic that I worked at, we would have the families would come on Fridays and they would, um, do like a group therapy session and it was I understand what you're saying like it, it's um cool is a it it's it's not cool but it is like it's interesting to see the dynamic between the families and how impacted all parties are with disordered eating and um I don't know it was it was definitely a heartbreaking thing to to see like how how parents can easily affect their child, but their child can easily affect their parents and like trying to relearn each other while going through the process of like therapy and being in a eating disorder home. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It was, 
it was a very cool experience for me to like be involved with and try to help people who um, have gone through eating disorders. So I'm excited for that episode. Yeah, it'll be a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, really quick, something I was curious about was um, so my my family's been involved with Duke for a long time, um, but just like so, ha- so I'm kind of interested in this. Is like so, how did um, because when someone like when something happens, like when someone like takes their life or something like that on a college campus or at a high school or something like that, it's really heavy for people that didn't even know them, and like it's a really I don't know, being that age and stuff like that, it's like it's a weird thing to try to navigate and go through and things. And there's so many feelings and things like that happening. Like how is um how has Morgan's message kind of helped like the lacrosse program or like the school, like the university as a whole, or, like the student body kind of like heal or change or whatever? Is that something that like you've been able to like see happen? Um, I think I can't really speak to like the healing um what i can't speak to is morgan morgan when she was there struggled especially her like she was supposed she took a semester off and so i call it her senior year but it was like her junior year kind of a thing where she was going to come back in the fall that year was the first year that they had a psychiatrist on staff for student athletes which i thought was like way overdue um we had a sports psychologist um who was incredible but he was focused on sports performance not like what the heck is going on in my brain and so i think like with that what i've seen since kind of morgan's passing is like upping the resources and education with the student athletes and like mandating meetings and doing all these different things my sister was there after and I think that's been great is like giving accessibility to to kids who might not know where to go and opening up conversations. I think like they've also been trying to educate like coaches on the topic. And so I think that's where it kind of started when Morgan's there, but it definitely I think has been exacerbated, unfortunately, by like the passing of Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um but but that's been cool. I I always like feel for like if you think about duke duke is one of the top institutions in the world we have an endowment of however many gazillion dollars we have all the resources like the some of the best minds come to duke to study and solve the craziest problems and yet like we as an athletic staff like didn't have a psychiatrist on deck like and when you think of that i'm i'm only saying this to say like when you think of all the resources we did have, like we had CAPS, which is free counseling. Like we had some amazing resources, but you needed to know where to look to get them. Like it wasn't like they were just like that kind of easy and then getting there was a whole nother thing, right? I think about the other colleges, the other universities who don't even necessarily have the resources or like the communities in place to provide support and like that push for you know, hey, maybe you should try therapy or, hey, maybe you should think about this. And so, I don't know, that was a little bit of a tangent, but I think that's probably, like, been the the biggest thing that I've seen is, like, the increase yeah. in support on campus. Yeah. Sure. I would love to see that with Wofford more. And I don't think that, at least during my time, we had enough resources as student-athletes um, and even – students in general we for the student the, population there's three therapists for most of yeah. the time at Wofford and then they our senior year I think starting in the second semester they had a fourth that was that, that's what they had for the whole student body and wow. so I don't even I can't even imagine what the athlete resources were like and also if you didn't have reoccurring appointments you probably couldn't get an appointment for like two months I was gonna say yeah it was like it's very challenging to yeah to get seen and get in. And on top of it, like <clears throat> the chances of finding a therapist you like out of the three people are like pretty slim. Like, yeah, I, I got lucky my senior year and my like uh, grad year at Duke where like the first therapist I went to, I didn't really like, but I went back to see another one and I loved her and it worked out. Um, but 
if it hadn't worked out, I would have had like five to seven, five to eight other options, like three people. Yeah. It's like a swing and a miss. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're right around like 2,000 kids. So it's like not a huge school, but that's especially like when COVID happened and just everything was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it was impossible yeah. to get an appointment. And that's that's three to four people for 2,000 kids. So Yeah, and, and I mean like rightfully so therapists are expensive like yeah doing like really great work um mental health just like isn't unfortunately it's not like a it's not really affordable right like it it comes at a cost but it just it just like depends really like what you value i think yeah at the institutional like level like so I, don't know. I think yeah. it's an awareness thing that's grown at Wofford, at least from my time. What I've seen is that there's definitely been a bigger effort made to get people help and things like that, especially I think during COVID when a lot of people really needed help and then they realized like the shortage, they're like, oh, fuck, like this is <laughs> like this is a little complicated. Yeah. Um, Caitlin and I got lucky. Caitlin and I actually had the same therapist. We did. She was, she was, we did. She was cool. She was cool. That's actually, we, um, we started talking about mental health together because- we ran into each other outside of our therapist's office. office. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we he lived. Was, she was going out. I was going in. And I had a yeah. hat that said mentally unstable that I would wear <laughs> to her place a lot. Love it. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's how um, we started having conversations about mental health and stuff. And um, kind of where, and then I reached out to him over the summer about nutrition and fitness. And that's where this podcast really came from. So kind of cool that is forming yeah. relationships in the therapist's uh office you know who it's knew? a beautiful yeah. thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay well i think i mean i think that's all the questions we have um but i really i, I really appreciate you coming on and i'm really excited yeah, thank that you so much. you're able to um normally at the end of our episodes we talk about what we learned this week because we are in our 20s and we are always learning always making mistakes um so if we want to go around and share what we learned this week it could be literally anything i last week i was like i don't i hate nine to five jobs and you know (laughs) so it could be anything (laughs) okay you'll have to can i go like second or last i need to like think yeah yeah Okay. All right, Max. Which one? Oh, Do you wanna go? Uh, I don't care. You, let, you tell me. Yeah, I'm good. I got something. So anyway. Okay, you go. Okay. Um, I think it's probably similar to what I had last week, but just a positive mindset when things are like really shitty can do a lot of good. I uh, flew to Boston last weekend to go to Maine, and the Atlanta airport is screwed right now. I got there two hours before my flight, missed my flight um because security was like just not operational um i was there by myself and i was really pissed off and it was totally absurd but i was thinking i was like dude if my dad were here right now like the airport would be on fire like like and he was just so mad that he'd come pick me back up it was Uh, is he dark for you, Jeff? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I, don't uh, <laughs> I don't know where we lost you. Your dad was going to burn the place down. He was mad that you... Oh, no, you're gone again. <sighs> okay, am I back? Oh, no. Am I back? You're back. Okay, all right. <laughs> I was like, if I were my dad, like, be, like it would just be really bad. And... um. But then, like, afterwards, I, I got a beer, and he picked me up, and I was like, it's okay. <laughs> like, it's totally fine. And I was like, <laughs> I just if I, I just chose to be, like, not upset about it, and it just made it a lot better because it was just a really shitty situation. Yeah, but mindset yeah, is a I choice. Yeah. Okay. Kat, do you want to go, or do you want me to go? I'll go. I'll go. Um... Okay, what did I what did I learn? I had a few things. I was like, do I say funny things or do I say helpful things? All of it. Um, all of it. Okay, I'll say two <laughs> things. One, be careful trusting like really discounted fruit at a farmer's market. <laughs> I went to the farmer's market this weekend. It was like, oh my God, this fruit is free. It was so inexpensive. I was like, I am like 
the richest person in the world. I can afford all this fresh fruit. And I froze a bunch of the stuff, but I left some other stuff like berries and it, no, like mold on them within like a day and a half. And I was like, that's why, that's why they were so discounted. Um, But now I can make smoothies for like five weeks. So there's that. Amazing. Be careful, be careful trusting fruit at a farmer's stand. Um, (laughs) The other thing though, I think that I've tried to incorporate into my daily routine and I go through phases and I'm hoping this becomes a routine and not a phase is like gratitude for the little things. And so what I've tried to do is every day write down five things that I'm grateful for. And I didn't come up with this idea. I I got it from um, some woman who's like, I I don't know her name, but five things that I'm grateful for for myself. Like, so I, what's an example? Like I'm grateful for my legs because they get me everywhere, right? Like something like your, yourself as a human, your body, your mind. Um, one thing that you're grateful for in your life. So like, I'm really grateful for my dog and I'm really grateful for my boyfriend and I'm really grateful for my family, like things like that. And then the last five are just something you're grateful for in like the big scheme of things. So I'm really grateful that the sun rose this morning, or I'm really grateful that I saw birds like washing themselves in the middle of the street in a puddle because it was so cute and like it reminds you that like there's little beauty everywhere um and I write them down at the end of the each day and then the next morning when I wake up I have like a gratitude journal and I'll write like my gratitude for the day but I also will go back and kind of look at like yesterday and remind myself of like the good things that happened that are a lot of times in the mundane. Like, I think when you think of life, it's like, oh, these grand, huge, like, oh, I got this promotion at work or, you know, I got this. But really, I find that the things that actually, like, bring a smile when you stop to think about them are, like, the really small things that you don't realize are the big things usually until they're gone or it's too late or, you you know, you don't really, like, give them the gratitude that they deserve. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I feel like I need to start doing that. I try to write down my gratitudes in my journal every night, but I like how you separate them into different categories. I love it. It honestly like makes such a difference in my day. And I feel like people are always like, have gratitude. And I'm like, okay. But (laughs) then I do and I'm like, okay, now I know why these people are like preaching preaching this so yeah actively actively practicing it is actually like feels pretty good so yeah yeah like people find a lot of like hard shit to say like oh my life is so hard and I'm like it's so easy to find the bad things but it's also really easy to find the good things so yeah flip the script exactly I love that um I so what I learned this week was I was honestly having a difficult week with my mental health. I was feeling really down. Um, I spoke on the last episode about how, you know, like I've been feeling like I've been going out and drinking a little too much and it's definitely affect, the alcohol is definitely affecting my mental health. Um, So I decided I was gonna stay in this weekend and I talked with one of my coworkers and she was like, if your energy isn't like, if, <laughs> hold on, I'll, I hear the, <laughs> sorry, you're good. Um, if your energy is being drained by things like you, you, you feel like you can't do your daily life activities, then what are things that give you energy? Can you make a list of what gives you energy? So I made a list and I really thought about it and I'm in Charleston right now by the beach and so I took advantage of the beach and I know that by grounding myself in nature that makes me feel good that gives me energy especially when I'm feeling low so I went paddleboarding with my coworker, and she introduced me to people that she met through Facebook and like they're in like this paddleboarding group um, and I don't know the it was really cool we saw the sunset and a butterfly landed on my paddleboard. And I do, um, I do think of butterflies as like a sign for me. Um, I actually did get a tattoo of the Morgan's message butterfly. Um, and so, yeah, I, 
I do think like butterflies are are a sign. And uh, I was not by the shore, but the butterfly landed right on my paddleboard and kind of hung out with me for a little bit. And yeah, so my energy was definitely lifted after knowing what I needed to do and experiencing that. So yeah, that's the universe doing its thing right there. Exactly. It's crazy how it works. Kismet. <laughs> um, okay, well, thank you again for coming on our podcast. Um, and thank you to everyone who's listening. Uh, we love you guys. And we'll, ch- we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Be okay. We love you all. Thank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, great. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for joining us. It was really great. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna stop this really. I'm gonna stop it. <laughs> <laughs>